You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A, 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 a Giants podcast for Giants fans. By Giants fans. It's Sean Morash and Paul Dottino. Down the sideline, into the end zone. From the offseason, through the wins and the losses, it's time to take one, one, one giant, giant step, step. Welcome inside One Giant Step, an Odyssey original. Yes, Odyssey's only original. New York Giants podcast for Giants fans by a Giants fan. I am Sean Moresh, and a very special edition of One Giant Step is... You know, once you get to the flyers of Jamison Crowder in free agency, I think it's a good time to look back and really handle on everything Joe Shane and the Giants have done here to prepare themselves for the 2023 season and ahead to the NFL draft season, which is going to be here within the month. And if you are listening for the first time, maybe this has popped up, uh, you know, somewhere on the WFA and YouTube page. Whether you've, uh, you know, gotten this on your Spotify, anywhere podcasts are downloadable, we are available everywhere podcasts are available. And of course, free on the Odyssey app. But download, subscribe every time a new Giants podcast pops during this very busy draft season. You get a little ding, 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 alert to your phone. Boom, it's there. Click. And that's exactly what you want to do. And, you know, as long as it's draft season, somewhere else you want to subscribe is golongtd.com, where our next guest, Tyler Dunn, is the founding father of long time now I can't believe I'm going to say this because it felt like he was a baby in the industry not that long ago but a long time covering the NFL with some long stuff uh you know to say he's been on Aaron Rodgers bad side a time or two if you're a giant fan who hates the Jets now that's maybe something to root for Tyler for here as well but Tyler Dunn joins us now Ty what's up man thanks for hopping on the pod tonight Sean it is it's good to see you because we talk so much you know with the DA show we've done this show before very rarely do we get to have this this face-to-face interaction it's a special night here on thursday yeah and just what the world needed more bald guys with beards talking football i mean we don't have enough of that (laughs) you're getting plenty of that right now if you're catching it i totally agree that the persecuted white bald male i mean it's just a real (laughs) thing so we, we we have to do our part Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, So the reason I want to have you on, Ty, obviously, you know, the subscriptions to golongtd.com. By the way, perfect Father's Day gift if you want to get a jump on that ahead of the summer as well. How about that? Um, You did a little bit of a piece after the Giants had, you know, their initial whammy week, which was getting the Daniel Jones done deal, deal done uh, at the deadline tagging Saquon and then attacking free agency. I thought very smartly waiting for the linebacker market on that first day to come to them with Bobby Okereke eventually trading for Darren Waller, not necessarily opening up the wall for a big time wide receiver, but they still get a big time pass catcher before we break down 
every move like that. I set that up to say Giants fans might remember you because you really had the true takedown piece from outside the inner New York City market on the end of the Dave Gettleman era. It was a multiple part series you did in GoLongTV.com on basically how the heck the Giants went from this Super Bowl champion traditional organization to one of the worst run organizations in football. It is amazing that basically a year and a half later, the Giants are coming off of a playoff win and very active, but not stupidly active in the free agency market and building the team in the right way. So let me just start with this, Tyler. Off of writing that original piece a year and a half ago, seeing what you're writing now about the Giants, are even you surprised at how quickly they have turned this thing around? I, I, I would have been stunned, floored. I would not have believed you for a split second if you told me this, you know, right then, a year ago, after those stories came out. But when they hired Joe Shane, and then they hired Brian Dable, and these are, you know, living here in Buffalo, you know, having somewhat of an intimate knowledge on, on both individuals and just how they kind of went about the process of drafting Josh Allen through Shane, how they went about the process of developing Josh Allen with Dable. I am not surprised, to be honest. I mean, I... I was stunned that they actually thought outside of the organization because that's been the problem, right? Oh, it's so incestual no and it's just kind of a friend of a friend or somebody with a tie to ownership that's kind of – I mean, even Gettleman is – I mean, the retread of all retreads to bring oh, him yeah. back. I mean, Gettleman, get Gettleman outside figures was huge. Gettleman counts his Super Bowl rings when he was basically like an assistant office scout. So that's all you need to know about that. Those count as his Super Bowl rings that he's earned. But yes, are, are they right that, next to the uh, <laughs> right next to that asshole sign on his desk? Right, exactly. like <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. But yeah, it is truly it's amazing. And by the way, some of the names they brought in, it's funny to look back. Ryan Poles, who's now the general manager of the Bears, who might be having a home run off season. Uh, I bring that up. This Adrian Wilson was another guy. Kind of the names you saw go around. Uh, uh, Austin Fort too was another guy they brought in. These were all the names that they interviewed outside for general manager. And it's kind of crazy to see all of those guys doing good work now, which makes me feel like the Giants hit a home run with Joe Shane, but they might've been all right. Either way, if you look at the job, all those guys yeah. are doing, but anyway, Shane plays the first season really smart here. Um, clearly Dable is an animal of a coach getting the most out of nothing, but it was really funny when the Giants got the deal done with Daniel Jones tie because Joe Shane, one of the first things he said in his press conference when the deal got done was, you know, essentially last year there were guys that they wanted to bring in, even bottom of the barrel guys, that they simply couldn't afford. That's how tight Gettleman had left the cap. And to be able to do what they did, despite being that tight, just speaks to, you know, you could almost argue made Joe Shane, you know, on the fly become a better GM, the gymnastics he had to, had to do while a team was in contention. That, that's where that Bills experience really came in handy. I know Joe has spoken about it with the locals out there, but you know, early on in those Bills days, the salary cap was in a pretty rough place too, and they really had to work that waiver wire. I mean, Isaiah McKenzie, who I did a podcast with here in town, he was one of those waiver wire pickups that ended up sticking around for five years. So what did they do? They, they, they found Isaiah's best friend in Orchard Park, New York, Isaiah Hodgins, and, right. and he has a big year for them. I mean, that, that's what they were forced to do. Those were the acquisitions. It was, you know, Kmart, DVD, bin, yeah. $5 for, ten, you know, like anything they could, could get on the cheap. Right. The corpse and he of made Landon Collins. Right, exactly. Right. The corpse. Um, and then to make the playoffs, to win a playoff game, it speaks to everybody that's in charge there, number one. But I just love 
um, not to get ahead, ahead of ourselves here, but I, I just love Joe Shane really giving Daniel Jones a full year of evaluation here. It would be really easy for him to come in. And the number one reason I love the hire, Sean, is th- this is somebody who has basically lived out of a Marriott scouting yeah. games for the last two decades. I mean, his, his whole young adult life, as he builds a family, I mean, he's he spoke to Matthew Fairburn, a buddy of mine, um, for a story at The Athletic a few years. He went on a scouting trip with him. And, I mean, he's missing, like, youth championships and birthdays, all this stuff, because he's so devoted. You, you need somebody who's had their eyeballs on players. And it sounds simple, but the Giants were pretty close to hiring a GM who was – I mean, I'm sure he's very good with the cap, but Abrams is not somebody who is – you know, it's come up through the scouting world like a Joe right. Shane. I, right. I, that's what they needed. It, and young and fresh and bringing innovative ideas. So for him to come in after sacrificing so much, somebody gets this job. I think that temptation to want to bring in your guy, your quarterback, clean house, man, it's got to be so strong. And we see it all the time. So for him to just kind of tap the brakes, give Daniel Jones a full year, and, and then evaluate him from day one all the way through those two playoff games and then reach the contract, the compromise that they did, which, as you know, as a Giants follower, Giants fan, it's, it is pretty team-friendly. I mean, it's the perfect compromise. Yeah. It speaks to, to his level-headedness as a GM. I mean, I think that they're in great hands. Ty, you've literally, this is why you're great at radio, because you've also just set up my next follow-up question. So before we get to the ins and outs of what you like about the Daniel Jones deal, because you also had a Daniel Jones piece at golongtd.com towards the end of the year, which I believe was pre-playoff win as well. Uh, Let me just say this. What you just hit on on Shane is something that I don't think is being written about or talked about enough. And I think every Giant fan worth worth the salt would have agreed you did not need to pick up Daniel Jones' fifth-year option. And if it wasn't about talent, it was certainly about injury. He was a guy who was banged up for two years in a row, and you might as well roll the dice. But what we've seen and what we've grown accustomed to, geez, Daniel Jones is the first guy with that fifth-year option decline to get a second deal with a team. It's not just Daniel Jones now as well, Tyler. You may not be you know aware of this, or maybe you are, but Darius Slayton is a guy Giant fans love, okay? Well, or love to hate at times. He has a drop issue, but he could be a burner on the outside, but he was one of our own, right? Drafted by the Giants out of Auburn in the fifth round, one of the Gettleman picks that stuck around. He was a guy left for dead on the Giants roster in August, okay? He was going to be the sixth, maybe seventh receiver. They had to ask him to take a pay cut from $2.5 million to $1 million, or he was going to be flat out cut. He decided to stick around. They tried to trade him. He ends up essentially becoming the Giants' most valuable receiver in the second half of the year when Tony is traded, Galladay. So, you know, Giant fans listening understand this, but he ties into Daniel Jones with this. Joe Shane seemingly, with Brian Dable, entered their Giants' tenures and training camp with the idea Daniel Jones, maybe Saquon Barkley, and for sure Darius Slayton were all not going to be part of the Giants in 2023. They had to get through, let these guys' contracts run out, and they were going to put their own fingerprints on it. I think those guys all coming back for different various prices in any which way, shape, or form is refreshing. Not that the Giants are necessarily keeping their own, but it's refreshing that a regime went into something where they were pretty certain maybe that those guys were gone. For sure, they thought Slayton was gone, but they were willing to be proven wrong. And that's exactly what happened with all three of those guys. And to not be stuck and set in your way, specifically at the general manager spot, I mean, that is such a refreshing approach in the modern NFL title. I, I could not agree more. I mean, e- egos abound, right? Newsflash, they're they're everywhere in, in front offices, on coaching staffs. 
you don't get to that position of power if you don't believe in yourself. If you don't have a gigantic ego in your own beliefs, your your own eyeballs wanting to get your guys in there. And that, that's why teams are constantly hitting reset. And, and usually, I shouldn't say usually, it's about probably 50-50. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It worked in Buffalo, right? And that's what it makes us that, that much more stunning, Sean, is when Shane was Brandon Bean's right-hand man, they, they ended the drought in Buffalo 17 years in a row, no playoffs. Yeah. They end it with guys like it's, it's crazy to Taylor. Think that, that was a drought now because the Bills are in the playoffs every year, but that was a big deal right. when Andy Dalton led the, basically helped the Bills get in the playoffs that day. It was a huge deal. Oh my God. It, it's it, at the time. It was one of the greatest moments in Buffalo Bills history. It didn't even involve the Bills. <laughs> Andy Dalton and Tyler Boyd for a touchdown against Baltimore. I mean, uh, I had family members that went out in East Aurora, like a suburb here, just to be out, just to see the reaction. I mean, crying tears of joys as adults. It was a crazy night. But my point being like, they end the drought with, you know, a lot of players from the previous regime. My podcast co-host Jamonis and Doug, and, and Doug Whaley, he was Doug Whaley's right-hand man. Um, a lot of their players, they win nine games, they get to the playoffs, they lose to Jacksonville, and then what do they do? They they move on from Tyrod, they move on from a lot of these players, they draft Josh Allen over Josh Rosen, which, by the way, Bills fans were really pissed about at the time. If you want to have some fun, go back and find the original Bills tweet when they took right. Josh Allen. Right. They, were livid. they were livid. They were livid. Right, exactly. Exactly. By the way, I was living. The Giants took Saquon over Josh Rosen, but you know, still, whatever. We all we all wanted. Josh I know. Rosen. I like. Yeah, yeah. It's oh my god. Yeah, because he was the UCLA prototypical right. tough. We saw him on prime time. All that stuff. Um, but you know, they they hit they hit reset. Like they they brought in Beasley, John Brown. Um, they they started to kind of like try to make the team in their image started at the quarterback position. So I would think that was probably Joe Shane's plan, you know, not to put words in his mouth, but just judging him and the Giants off of their actions year one when they're just trying to survive cap-wise and they go in there with Daniel Jones. He doesn't have much around him. It's all right, you know, we might win three, four games, and then we're going to find our quarterback. Uh, Daniel Jones changed those plans, and most importantly, Joe Joe Shane was open to Daniel Jones changing those plans. So that's where you give me more credit, like where where he came from. They're not taking the Bills' path. Like they're they're willing to let this continue on with Daniel Jones and you know it's as much a Brian Dayball extension as a Daniel Jones extension. You're just oh, totally. you want to keep if this Dable really doesn't good believe thing in Jones, going. right? Exactly. If Dable doesn't believe in Jones or get or get him, that's not going to matter either. But you know, it's again as I just pointed out, their ability now to show and by the way, show other players, hey, you come here, you prove yourself, you you can earn more money down the line. They've now shown this. I mean, Saquon to a lesser extent, but, you know, mainly with with Slayton and Jones because, of course, Saquon hasn't signed. Now let's transition to the week that was and the Daniel Jones deal to start off before we get into what else the Giants are doing around him. Um, You mentioned a little while ago, Tyler, a very team-friendly deal and, you know, player-friendly for Jones to the extent of he kind of reset the market as far as not yet proving himself to be an elite quarterback, but getting $40 on the annual uh, uh, value. But the Giants are in a contract, as you wrote about as well, where they can get out after two years. It cost them a little dead cap in year three, but, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're committed but they can get out fairly quickly without it costing the general manager his job. After you wrote that piece on Daniel Jones and he continued that surge, wins the playoff game, 
And look, you want to put the Eagles playoff loss on him. I think it was on the whole team. And I think they were a little overwhelmed in that game. But still, he was the best player, arguably, out of any team in, in wild card weekend, the way he performed versus the Minnesota Vikings. Where do you stand now and the people you talk to then and now stand on Daniel Jones and the trajectory as the Giants have now paid him and locked him in? eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It, he's like for a, for a quarterback with a somewhat, you know, pedestrian, boring name and even game, you could say he's, he's got to be like the most fascinating quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he's right up there because you can get opinions all over the place. You know, I wrote that story. It might have been a week or two before that Colts game when they clinched the playoff yes. berth and, and, at it might have time, been after I mean, they won in primetime versus the Commanders when Thibodeau had the big day. I think that was when the Bulls started the roll on the Daniel Jones stuff he did, I yeah. think. I could be wrong. So there was a, an NFC exec that I talked to who's been in, in this position before. Do we extend this quarterback? Do we not? And, I mean, he can make you believe. He's like, look, Jalen Hurts, a quarterback in your division, always been a stud, always been a star. High school to college. The pros been big time moments and delivers, and he's just like Daniel Jones. You know, nobody really wanted him out of high school. You know, Princeton, but they did. They didn't even really want him, and he gets to Duke, and he was never that star at Duke, and he kind of gets to the Giants. And he's like, there's never that moment that showed you this guy can just be that dynamite threat. Right. Yet there's also the you know the Rich Gannons of the world, and um, God, who else I talked to for that story? Giants teammates and some other scouts around the NFL and some sources around the organization that are like, look, yes, he does have these limitations. He might not have this throw through a brick wall arm strength. He might not have the, I mean, he's the fastest quarterback in the NFL, right? Yeah. We, we Vanilla, Vic. Vanilla Vic. <laughs> but I, I think the point is this can work even then, even before that Colts game, even before the playoff one, this can work because you've got, arguably the greatest teacher of the position as your head coach. And he's going to be unbelievably critical. He's not – Brian Dable isn't somebody who coddles you. I mean, he pushes you. I, I always liken him to Mike Holmgren with Brett Favre early in his career. I mean, Holmgren would just ride Favre. He'd get on him. And he got the absolute best of him. He harnessed and maximized, you know, the, the, the strongest arm in the NFL. And you saw that with Josh Allen. He, he was a different quarterback without Brian Dable. I mean, it's the numbers might have looked similar. If you watched him game to game, play to play, it was different. So if, if he believes in Daniel Jones, then everybody should believe in Daniel Jones. So that's kind of what I try to figure out with that story. And, you know, the lead of the story, which we, we talked about on, on the postgame show, is 
training camp, right? He, yeah, yeah, he yeah, put him through hell. Setting him up he to gave fail. the Blaze the wink. He set him up to fail. Yeah. And set Tyrod up to succeed as the backup because oh. he knew that the position is mental as much as physical. And he wanted him to fail. And he wanted to see, you know, that the coverage be what the coverage would be. I mean, you know it better than me. I wasn't following it every day, but it probably wasn't pretty. And then when this guy would react to it. I could tell you, because at my heart, I've always been a Daniel Jones defender more than anything, because I think the organization has failed him. And even in his low moments, you could clearly see the athleticism and the ability to make plays. But I could tell you in training camp, I mean, he led to a uh, Dable. This is led to serious bar arguments amongst friends of, of giant fans and stuff like that. Like the highly debated, I hate Daniel Jones verse. You don't know what you're talking about. And it was like, that was the breadcrumb him failing in camp and Tyrod succeeding. And people really thought Tyrod could be starting by the beginning of October. Oh, by the way, Tyrod Taylor, the perfect backup quarterback to have for a guy that gets banged up. Daniel Jones just happened to not miss many games this year. Um, with that, Tyler, you know, Daniel Jones is not going to be the little engine that could at a Duke anymore now, right? I mean, he's won a playoff game in this market in New York City. Um, by the way, the other team in town might have Aaron Rodgers playing this year. Not that you want to judge yourself against the Jets, but that's going to matter from a fan base point of view. When you get the contract, and even if it's not Patrick Mahomes' money, $40 million a year on an average, I know it's a little less on the cap hit this year, is a big deal. The expectations are now there. Like, you know, and the idea that he threw 15 touchdown passes is a little overblown. He didn't play the last game. He ran in seven. What should he slot at the two-yard line and throw those in to make people happy? But nonetheless, 22 total touchdowns. That number has to go up. They have added Darren Waller. They didn't add a number one wide receiver. Let's see what they do in the first round of the draft. They add a guy like Paris Campbell with some incentives. They bring back Slayton. They bring back Hodgins. They bring back Sterling Shepard. They sign a guy like Jamison Crowder. I mean, they have a bunch of who knows number three receivers again, but Darren Waller is the the big one. So a two-parter for you. Number one, what do you think the realistic expectation on a step forward for Daniel Jones should be? And number two, do you think Darren Waller is that perfect, you know, compliment that should help us exceed those expectations for Jones and this offense with Dave. No doubt. I mean, you're, I, I think it's a guarantee that he's just going to be better in 2023 than he was in 2022. I mean, guarantee. all, all the, the weapons around him, Darren Waller guarantee. I mean, a, a full off season with Brian Dable. It's, it's a complicated offense. I talked to Isaiah Hodge. It's actually exactly where I'm sitting here in my bar down in the basement. And he's like, man, it. this offense for receivers, unbelievably complex because you've got option routes, you've got layers and routes playing off of each other, and then the rhythm of the play calling on top of that. There's a reason he succeeded so quickly as a waiver wire pickup in the middle of the season. He was in Dayball's offense for three years in Buffalo. He, he knew what to expect. So for Daniel Jones to have another year in that offense um, is immeasurable. I, I mean, his numbers will be better. He'll throw for more yards. He'll throw for more touchdowns. I mean, I try to put a number to it, but I mean, he's got to get close to 30, I would think, passing alone. Yeah, and, and if you focus on that number, which so many people do, the Giants were 16th in the NFL in touchdowns scored per possession, which I think is a more telling stat because it's about what you do when you have the ball. So they were exactly middle of the pack despite the weapons they had. So now you add a Darren Waller, and look, say what you want to say about Paris Campbell. I got to assume that this is an offense where if he's – you know, first of all, look at the quarterbacks he's played with as well, by the way. That does matter. I think that he will be a little bit of a factor here this year and, again, what they do in the draft. So, you know, even if you're not focused on the, you know, hey, 15 touchdowns needs to become 30, 16th in the NFL, I think it's fair to say, you know, this team should try to get to that number 10 maybe in the league in touchdown scored per drive. And, oh, by the way, that complements with a very aggressive Wink Martindale defense. 
Totally. Totally. And I, I love the Darren Waller trade because th this is just another smart, forward-thinking move by Joe Shane to, to look at the wide receiver market. I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm not I'm not spending too much for Jacoby Myers and Juju no, Smith-Schuster and Alan Lazard. Good, not great players. The Giants just did Darren that with Waller Kenny Galladay. Has... We just did that with Kenny Galladay. Then we have scars, Tyler. Scars here. <laughs> yeah, I thought you I thought you weren't allowed to say his name, actually. I, I'm well, surprised you know, this podcast he scored continue. that touchdown versus Philly in week 18 from Davis Webb, so he'll forever be immortalized. You know what? He had a big block in the playoff win over the Vikings, too. A big run block. That was Kenny Galladay's signature moment as a giant. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's like uh, the, the NFL's Bobby Bonilla of sorts, right? They right, should just exactly. kind of stretch that money on out. Uh, but, 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 I mean, Darren Waller. Darren Waller, that's the guy. <laughs> He has the potential to be special. Great. I mean, we saw it. It was just in 2019, 2020 that he is statistically one of, if not the most dynamic threat at tight end in the game. I mean, he's he's huge. He's athletic. He's got it all. I mean, huge if the injuries, specifically that hamstring injury. It sounds like he's going to monitor it. He's going to really take it easy in, in the offseason and that he's on the same page as the Giants. I'm sure they're not going to push him through OTAs, through minicamp, through, through any, I mean, he's got to get up to speed in this offense that we just said is really complicated, but you, you want him healthy. And if he is healthy, he, he's the player that can bust open this passing game, even at 30. I mean, it's, he's not 35, 36. I think you, you're still looking at, you know, a few years in his prime. And what I love most about it, Sean, is, I mean, we'll see if they extend him before the season. I, I'm not really sure what they'll do there. I, I love getting players on one-year deals. Yeah, he did a uh, like a con conversion to give them more salary cap room, but it didn't tack on any years. So I'm with you on that. And Waller has admitted that his dad grew up a Giant fan, so he has that dad home thing. And by the way, his 30s a little younger because remember he didn't play as many snaps early in the game uh, in his totally. career. And and oh by the, the way, addiction. Yeah. And another thing to note, you know, for any Giant fan who maybe keeps focusing on the wide receiver part, and, and I'm with them. Remember, Mike Kafka comes from the Kansas City offense with Travis Kelsey. Brian Dable was the tight ends coach in New England with Rob Gronkowski. These two guys' minds putting together and molding this offense are going to know how to utilize tight ends, and they will run a lot of two tight end sets because they like Daniel Bellinger as well. So I, I you know, look, Waller will split outside at points. So I am definitely less fearing because they don't have a true number one wide receiver due to Darren Waller. But you brought up the injuries, Tyler, and I know we've done a nice glossing of Joe Shane, and deservedly so. I love the man as a Giant fan. I do. This is an offseason offensively where it's fair to say they the reason they're able to get Waller so cheap in a trade is his injuries the last couple of years. I brought up Paris Campbell because that's the sexiest name at wide receiver they signed. A guy who was a second-round pick that's been oft injured with the Indianapolis Colts. Finally was healthy this past year. Sterling Shepard, they brought back on a bare minimum. I'm not sure what you could expect from him. He might be there holding the Ford for second-round pick Wandell Robinson, who, by the way, is coming off a torn ACL. Do you think that Joe Shane is you know potentially is put together too much of a of a risk mixed bag of guys with injury histories that could ultimately lead to the demise of this giant offense and again Daniel Jones being set up to fail. Ooh. I think that there's a yeah maybe my my glasses are are a little too rosy here but I I feel like they've got a lot of guys and a lot of guys who can contribute. I, I like Hodgins more more than most. I oh, think yeah. this is a I mean, player who's He's he's yeah. the healthy given. We're looking at him as like the next Amani Toomer with the Giants. That's kind of like the way he's viewed, right? Yeah, yeah. it's um, 
and, and, and Slayton, you mentioned him. Um, yeah. Campbell is off of a career year with Indianapolis, and, and that offense was a train wreck last year. I mean, you've got Sam Ellinger and Nick Foles and Matt Ryan's. I mean, 690 years with Sam Ellinger, uh, 690 yards receiving with Sam Ellinger, Nick Foles, and Matt Ryan. I mean, on the scale, that's like 900 yards with Daniel Jones, right? I mean, and, and Brian Dable's offense, it certainly feels like that. It doesn't. I guess it's the nature of the offense, too. It, with Saquon still there and the offense still running through him, which, by the way, that's worth $10 million bucks this year. Uh, that, to me, that's good for all parties involved. Obviously, they probably like to get the number down maybe another year, another year after that. But still, he's in his prime, which you can't say about a lot of running backs. It's it's not an offense where you're going to be sprinted out with four or five wide and just – I don't think you need this number one prototypical X that you're going to target 15 times a game in a Brian Dayball offense. And I get it. He had that with Diggs, but the year before they had Diggs, that offense was still pretty damn good. And that was just Josh Allen's second year in the NFL. You had John Brown, Cole Beasley. Um, they, they still made the playoffs. They blew it against Houston. Uh, I, I think that this offense is a lot better than that one. And Maybe it's because I wrote the blood and guts how tight ends say football, right? Which if you subscribe to go long annually, I'll send you a copy. Got to work that marketing in, Sean. Uh, Jeremy Shockey. Jeremy Shockey. We love Shockey. He's worked in in there. Yes, exactly. Um, well, oh, Tyler, before- that was that was my favorite chapter by far. Yeah, Shockey's the best. That was my that was my AOL uh, screen name. My aim screen name was Shockey for Prez eighty. Was my favorite player. Loved it. I mean, obviously, I'm a high school kid at that point. Love Jeremy Shockey. Um, let me transition something real quickly, Tyler, before I let you go on. Thank you. I'm very thankful for your time here on One Giant Step. Um, you wrote about last week and the week that the Giants had about the potential of them overtaking the Eagles. That was kind of in the tagline at the beginning, you know, setting themselves up for that. That is clearly should be the Giants' goal, right? They're one of the last four NFC teams standing, and they get bludgeoned by the team that wins the NFC. That's the team in their division. They got to play them twice. We understand the Giant Eagle thing. We hate the Eagles. They hate us, but we can't beat them late. All right. Where do you think the Giants before the draft now stand in terms of the steps they've taken and the you know the stuff Dallas and Philly's done in the offseason in this division? Are they still a third? Are they a distant third? Have they passed Dallas or are they second? I'm curious from the outside where you think of that. And you know, on the flip side, wherever you put them in that marker, where do you think the biggest glaring weakness is now that free agency's winded down on this giant team and how quickly can they fix that? I promise you I'm, I'm not pandering, clearly, because of, you know, that series last year when it was very ugly. <laughs> <laughs> so your listeners know I'm not just trying to kiss their ass. But, uh, you know, I think Dallas, as, as long as Jerry Jones is the owner, Mike McCarthy is the head coach, I will never believe in the Dallas Cowboys. And I love Dak Prescott more than most. I think he might even be the second or third best quarterback in the conference. But I don't know. I feel like this is a head coach that's going to hold them back. I mean, he just fired a bunch of his longtime assistants back to the green Bay days. I mean, you're, you're seeing the scapegoats lined up and it's just, it's not going to be pretty. However, that ends. So yeah, I'm not worried about Dallas from the giants and I Philly, Philly and New York. It's such an interesting case study because Jalen Hurts is going to get paid. He's going to get paid a lot of money and they're already yeah. losing guys and anticipation of that contract. I mean, the roster's already kind of getting gutted here and yeah, the they giants lost are navigating. Grave. Hargrave, TJ Edwards, and CJ Gardner Johnson, who was their interception machine this year. Right. Completely. Yeah. Thanks for rattling those off. They were so many that I I forget. But the Giants, 
they're willing to take on that middle ground, which I think speaks to Joe Shane and Brian Dable too, where it's not all or nothing in, in their mind. It's not, we either have a transcendent top five quarterback or we're going to tank for a rookie, which is kind of where all these teams, sorry, I got to turn down the monitor. I, th- I thought my daughter was waking up there for a second, <laughs> which she you know, heard you say the Cowboys are going nowhere. She heard you say the Cowboys are going nowhere and she was fired up. <laughs> Ella woke up and said, what the hell dad, come on. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the Giants were willing to take on that dangerous middle ground, which can be purgatory for teams. The Bills lived in that middle ground for most of two decades, and it, it, you can get sucked in, and it just holds you back like 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 quicksand, and you're just it's a slow and torturous death. The Giants weren't afraid of that. I, I love the Daniel Jones contract because you know he can take you to the playoffs. Now you're giving him more weapons. You're giving him another offseason in this in this scheme. Yet it doesn't preclude you from doing exactly what Andy Reid did in Kansas City. I mean, Alex Smith is probably the the perfect comparison to Daniel Jones. Winning games, uh, safe with the football, athletic, you know, probably a little better arm too. But if they see another Patrick Mahomes, they're going to draft him. They'll trade a first-round pick and move up and take that guy. And I'll take Brian Dable's sense for the position over anybody in the NFL. So they they could do that next year's draft, the year after that. And that – so you're not going to get tied up as bad as that contract looked to a lot of people. It's really not that bad because worst case scenario, he's so damn good that it is a four-year contract and then 40 million a year and you know, year three or four of that contract, it's a bargain. Yeah. Especially <laughs> so, if the cap explodes. Right. Exactly. Totally. And, and who knows who in the draft, you know, say the wheels just totally fall off this year. It's disaster. It's everything with people that people expected in 2022. Hell, Caleb Williams out of USC might be looking pretty, you know, the top 10. There's so many different scenarios that I, I love the patience and just kind of keeping a good thing rolling. And to answer your question, I feel like they were able to retain good players the Eagles lost a lot of really good players. I think those lines cross year two of Dable's scheme, and, and the Giants win the division. Giants win the division. Okay, well, there you go. Tyler Dunn, I'm not even going to let him say anything else after that. Go to golongtv.com and subscribe. <laughs> Folks, you just got somebody who doesn't live right here in the immediate trust, and now it's Buffalo. And he just told you he thinks the Giants are going to win the division based on what they did. So he also said the word not pandering. So clearly, oh, this is a very unbiased guy. Uh, t- <laughs> again, you can follow Tyler Dunn on Twitter at Ty Dunn. He's wearing that very comfortable looking go long TD hoodie if you're watching you on YouTube. I, and, and I'm serious. Ahead of the draft, Tyler Dunn just churning out pieces league-wide. This isn't obviously a giant-oriented website, newsletter. You want to follow the league, you go follow, follow Tyler Dunn on Twitter and go so Subscribe to golongtd.com. Ty, I'm fired up, man. We got to have you on again before the season. And of course, all the other outlets, the fan, CBS Sports Radio, all the Odyssey stuff I can get you on. I appreciate your time as always. Hey, man, I just love shooting the bull with you, Sean. You are omnipresent. You're everywhere. You bring it. Anytime you want to talk Giants, anything at all, let me know. And we'll, we'll keep the Giants content rolling. I mean, I see these fans subscribing, and it just is more incentive to, uh, you know, dig up some good giant stories. So we'll definitely we care again, Tyler. We care. We've been dug up from the death uh, of Dave Gettleman, and we care again after five years of being the worst team in football. Uh, the bags so are the, off of the head. 
Exactly. Exactly. Thanks to Tyler as always. Thanks to our producer, James. And thank you to everybody for listening, subscribing. Again, anywhere podcasts are available and free on the Odyssey app. Thanks for taking one giant step with us.